This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. So, yeah, no, those, those testimonies are amazing because it just shows that when we act out on faith, that God is, uh, God is in return faithful to us. But even better, he's faithful to us before, uh, before we even walk out in faith. It's because he's faithful that we can be faithful in him. Um, so before we start this, I start this message, I just want to pray um, with a message in the service itself. So, Lord, uh, yeah, we just thank you for the work that you're already doing this morning. We thank you for your faithfulness and... and our entire lives, Lord. I, uh, yeah, I just submit this message to you, Lord. I just pray that, that I can get out of the way and you can speak your words, Lord. Lord, I pray that our hearts are ready to receive the word that you're going to give us, Lord. And Lord, I, I just pray that through, uh, when you speak, that we can just tangibly, tangibly and, and heavily feel your presence, Lord. Thank In Jesus' name, amen. So, continuing with the, uh, the theme of faith, I want to talk about how the Bible shows us how to live a faith that is faithful with God and his promises and how we can walk that out. So firstly, I want to start off by defining faith. So uh, just doing a good old internet search, I was able to find uh, Webster's dictionary, uh, Dictionary's definition, which says devotion, uh, the faith is devotion to a duty or a person, the quality of keeping one's promises or one's commandments. Uh, middle English for loyalty. So I also love studying uh, the etymology of words, especially biblical words. And uh, it's, impo- it's important to actually be able to look into them because it can actually provide us with more context with, within the scripture. So I actually found uh, three root words for the, for the word faith, uh, faithfulness in three different languages. That, no, it never happens. Usually it's just two, but I got three this time. So firstly, Aramaic, uh, the, faith, uh, the, uh, the word for faith is aman, which means to believe or be sure. Uh, in Hebrew, it's the word emeth, uh, which means to be established, right, true, assured. Uh, and in the Greek, it starts with the word uh, pistos, which is uh, the etymology for, I don't think I'm pronouncing this right, uh, uh which means meaning to rely on, uh, to be certain of, uh, to obey. So when researching and studying the etymology of, of the word faith, I noticed that the most common usage of faith in the Bible is used within the context of action. Um, James actually talks about this in James uh, 2.17, saying that faith without works is dead. So this means that a healthy, God-given faith is active. Uh, faith is more than just a thought or a feeling. It's actually something that we have to live, that we have to live out. So uh, I actually just want to use a, a bit of an analogy to illustrate what faith actually looks like, or active faith looks like. So, do you know, have you ever seen Niagara Falls? We're Canadian, I'm sure we have. So, you know, you have one side of the falls, there's the Canadian side, and there's the American side. So, imagine there's a tight, uh, tight rope walker who has a line going across the entire waterfall. It's pretty insane. Um, and then you watch that tight rope walker go back and forth like six or seven times. So you're like, oh, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. He's pretty, he's pretty good at walking, uh, walking and not falling, thankfully. Um, but then, after he walks across a few times, he pulls out a wheelbarrow, and he says, I need a volunteer to get in this wheelbarrow and cross the tightrope with me. Now, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure there are people who will be like, no way, there's no way. But if you were to, uh, uh, an, intellectual, or sorry, an intellectual agreement 
would be saying, "Oh yeah, I like I've seen him do this a few times. I believe he could get in, like he he could walk someone across the wheel barrel. That's cool." But uh, an act of faith is actually jumping in the wheelbarrow and and and, and walking across with him. It, so this paints a pretty good, a great picture of salvation as well. So now imagine Jesus is the tightrope walker, walking with us on the rope, co-laboring. The rope is the cross which brings us away from our sin and towards the Father. And grace is the wheelbarrow that we, that we use to endure the journey. And faith is the act of actually us getting in and staying in the wheelbarrow. So, okay. So it's important to understand the definition and distinctions between, uh, between words because in order to obey God's commands, we have to actually know what they mean first. It's like reading uh, an instruction manual for, I don't know, an I- Ikea furniture or something. It's probably not a good example because there's no words, but bear with me. So it's like reading an instruction manual without understanding what any of the words, uh, words mean. Like We wouldn't get very far if we didn't. So some of you probably know what this is, this is like where you accidentally start reading like the Spanish or the French like, uh, instructions within man- in the manual and you're like, I have no idea what this means. So, you know, growing up in church, there's some Christian terminology that I didn't actually under, like, didn't completely understand and I kind of just went with. You know, one was, you know, I hear someone saying, oh, that person has an anointing. I'd be like, is that fungal? Is, is, that, is that okay? Do we need to pray for that? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so... So, two, two words on the topic of faith that I would like to distinguish are hope and faith. And I, I've seen these, used, these, used, uh, these words be used interchangeably before. And though they work together, they're not actually the same thing. See, hope is anticipating the good work that God is going to do in our lives, but faith is living knowing that he's already working for our good. So... I like to actually provide a new, de- uh, a new definition that we can hold on to within the service. The new definition being that faith is living with the confidence of who God is and being obedient to his will. So we know what faith is. So how do you actually receive faith? So uh, Paul actually lays this out perfectly in Romans ten seventeen, saying that faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So picture it this way. God's written word, which is also called the Logos, is the seed of faith that we receive by hearing the word, the good news, and the sacrifice that Christ made for us. Once we receive it, then God makes that seed come alive, and his spoken word, also known as his rhema, it, uh, then develops into full-blown faith in him, which leads us to salvation and relationship with him. This process is a wonderful display of God's grace, as faith is not something that we can actually conjure up on our, on, on, by our own. But it's God who is so faithful that he's given us an avenue to receive faith from him. And it's, and it's, and it's important that it comes from God, because if it came from any other avenue, say someone, give, you know, someone gives an inspiring testimony or somebody gives a good message and everything, that's good. But what if that person leaves, you don't see that person? It, that, that's, not, that's not permanent. That's not fundamental. It's not something we can re- rely on, especially if, say, someone gives a testimony and, the, and they backslide. But see, God is completely faithful. His word stands strong. So, even more, God loves us so much that he'll even let us hear his word even when we aren't looking for, uh, looking for him. I've heard so many testimonies of people just flipping through the radio and something like Caleb comes on, and then they actually hear someone preaching the gospel, and that, that, then they receive a seed of faith, which develops into full-blown relationship with God. So, keeping with the concept of a seed, once we receive it, how do we actually grow our faith? 
Well, this is kind of a trick question, because in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, Paul says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered, but God has been making it grow. So just like we can't actually conjure faith up on our own, we can't make it grow by ourselves either. Only God can. But in order for a seed to be able to grow, the ground it's planted on must have the capacity for that growth, because a plant will only grow to the size of its pot. So we actually have the responsibility of, t- of, of even tilling that ground to make sure that it's ready to receive growth. So thankfully, God has actually f- uh, faithfully supplied us ways to allow growth to happen in our walk of faith. Now, though there are many ways that, that, that we can actually do this, I'd like to just talk about four key points when getting ourselves into a position where God can grow our faith. The first is reading the Word of God. I know it sounds simple. It sounds obvious. But... In 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and for training in righteousness. It's from hearing the written word of God that God was able to activate our faith in the first place. So if we can continue delving into his word, then we can, grow our, then we can learn more of God and grow our capacity and get ready for him to grow us more. The second is praying, spending more time with God. James 4 says, come close to God, and God will come close to you. The more you spend time with, you know, it's like the more you spend time with someone, the better you get get to know them. Relationships grow with closeness over time. So if we actually spend more time in our quiet place with God, we can actually get to know him better, and he can actually guide us to growth. Three, uh, learn from others. uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 28 says that God has placed teachers in the church, so so we should take the opportunity to learn from them. There's plenty of opportun- there's plenty of opportunities that we uh, that within our own church for which we can learn from people, whether it's sermons or it's our our quip classes or even our internship. Now, four is acting on your faith, and this is my favorite one. You have to get out of your comfort zone, and uh, I listed uh, the Book of Acts, just the entire thing, because it's it's just a wonderful guide to actually acting on your faith. So, I couldn't pick just one verse because it's all great. So. So yeah, so God actually wants to stretch you, and he'll give you opportunities to grow, but you have to say yes, and Nike, like Nike says, just do it. So now, uh, I was going to use, use a testimony uh, from youth, but Scott kind of actually stole my thunder a little bit. Um, but I, but I want to I wanna, I wanna second that, that, that testimony, because uh, again, it was actually like, it was actually God giving us, like, us a prompting to act, like, to act out on faith. And when we acted out on faith, he, faith, he faithfully made, uh, made good on his promises. We saw healings happen, and it was incredible. And out of that, our youth's faith, expo- like he said, exploded. It was incredible. Um, but I actually want to use, uh, now, now that that one's kind of stolen, uh, <laughs> I want to use a personal testimony. Um, so I think it was a few, a few months ago that uh, I... I Came into uh, starting a, like starting a new job soon, but I knew that I was going to need a, a car to actually be able to get to and and, and to and from uh, my new job. So, uh, you know, so faith for for provisions was something that I always kind of like had a hard time with, just because of the way that I grew up. Usually, you just earn th- you earn things, or the things that you own are the things that you earn. Um, but my beautiful future to be wife, uh, Zoe. What actually got a prompting from the Holy Spirit just to say, you know what, let's believe in faith that God is going to bring us a car. So we decided, like when we were sitting in, in her mom's car, 
the we're just going to pray for miraculous provision. And, you know, we even, we even decided, you know what, like, it would be great to get a car at this point. But you know what, let's go further. Actually, we're going to believe for a car that's free. And then one hour later, we get a call, uh, <laughs> and someone from actually my uncle, and he said, hey, uh, does Austin need a free car? Because I have one. <laughs> And God provided a car, and in that moment, my faith grew exponentially for for God uh, for God's provision. Now, I don't really have any, like I don't really have concerns for provision because I know that He's gonna He's gonna provide to our needs. Now, now when your faith grows, it's also important to make sure that you maintain it and guard your faith. So, because you know what the enemy, the reality is that the enemy is going to come after you. We're going to receive persecution, but our faith cannot falter when that happens. So. Uh, just in terms of maintenance, I'd, I'd actually I want to give a bit of an analogy slash testimony. So, for those who, who for those of you who have known me for a while, knew that uh, I worked at McDonald's doing night shifts, and I worked in maintenance. It's a real fun job. I'm really happy I can sleep now. Uh, so, in that like within that maintenance job, uh, it was my responsibility to go to the grills and make sure that they're they're clean to take any gunk that's on them and, and I scrape them off and you actually have to pour acid to complete uh, to on the grills to to completely clean them and uh, this was important because every once in a, every once in a while a technician would actually come like come to the grill and actually do a firmware update on them yeah I know it's pretty fancy it's the grill has got like sensors and everything on it and everything it's awesome and uh, so, but in order for him to actually do that firmware update, that grill had to be in, in, in healthy condition, healthy functioning condition. Because if there's any scrap on those sensors, it's gonna it's it's gonna throw them off when they're getting calibrated. So, just like maintaining a grill, we have to maintain our faith and make sure that we scrape off any of the extra gunk that like, that comes on over time, just through through life. You know, any any doubt that we receive, we have to we have to get rid of. And if we're to grow in our faith, we have to be, yeah, we have to be sure to remove anything that may hinder us from doing so. So I have a couple of key points about uh, like things that we can, re- things that we can actually remove to make sure that we're that we're maintaining our faith in a healthy way. One is don't compare yourself to others. Proverbs fourteen thirty says, "A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones." The reality is that all of our walks, will, uh, all of our walks with God will look different and we'll encounter different circumstances. You know, it's, sometimes it can be hard because we can see somebody that's maybe in the same age and maybe came to faith around the same time. And maybe they're, maybe, they're leagues ahead, like maybe they're leagues ahead of us. But the reality is, again, we all, grow at different, we all grow at different rates. God is always doing a unique work in us. So we can't actually compare ourselves to others because we're not that other person. So, yeah, so comparing our faith uh, to others is both a fruitless and even a rotten venture. So, two, remove negative influences. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Now, this like bad company often comes in the form of people. So be careful who you actually let into your inner circle of influence. Make sure that you're close to godly people who are also seeking the Lord. It's also important to read the word to understand the difference between the good things of the God and the bad things of the world. It helps us determine what is good and what is bad. Knowing his commandments are key. And it's also, you should keep spending time with him and learn to recognize to hear his voice over the voice of others, and especially the voice of the world and the enemy. Three, let God prune you. I know, 
It's, it's the worst when it happens. But John 15, 2 says, every breath in me that does not, or every branch in me that does not bear fruit, uh, he takes away. And every branch that does bear, uh, bear fruit, he prunes that, that may be more uh, fruit, may bear more fruit. So sometimes there's like, there's, there's branches that are not providing a fruit and God has to cut that stuff off of our lives. And it's not comfy, but we have to let it happen because in order for us to receive growth, we have to get rid of the old and make room for the new. An extra point that I want to make uh, in regards to maintaining your faith, a great way to maintain your faith is to keep growing. If you're not growing your faith, you're actually going to backslide. And our faith isn't meant to be idle. In Ecclesiastes 10.18, it says, Through laziness, the rafters sag. Because of idle hands, the house, uh, the house, uh, house leaks. So one recommendation that I'll make in, in order to, to make sure that you keep growing is to actually have an accountability partners that check in with you and say, hey, what's God been doing in your life? Is, 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 how are you growing? How can I help you like, in, within your walk? So, uh, so growing, growing, maintaining your faith, growing your faith is great. Um, but we also do encounter storms within our lives. So it's important to know how to endure in faith during those storms. So a couple point, another couple points I want to make is, one, to be excited. Because God actually does big things through storms. You know, I remember Jesus calling uh, Peter out of the boat in the middle of a literal storm. And he walked on water. He did something that was impossible. But it was by his faith that he was, out, he was able to walk on that water. Uh, in, jo- in Job 23, 10, it says, But he knows the way that I take when he has tried me. I shall come out as gold. When we go through storms and endure in faith, we actually come out better on the other side and more refined. James 1, 2 to 3 also says, Count it all joy. Be excited, my brothers. When you meet trials of various kinds, for you know the testing of your faith pr- produces steadfastness. Again, we come out better on the other side. So we can, all we have to do is rely on God. Um, also, be at peace, because God is so faithful that he'll never let us deal with storms that are too big for us or, to deal with. He actually, takes the, he actually takes the rest of the storm and gives us only, only what we can deal with, or what he knows we can deal with. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So he's always, he's always got our back, and he's never going to let us deal with something that's way too big for us. He's a big God. He'll take the rest. Also, dig deeper into God. You know, plants dig their roots deeper when they actually experience the harshness of, of the elements. So just as plants do, we should also dig our roots deeper into God when times get tough. And also, remember to just read the word and remember God's faithfulness and promises. Be, uh, be reminded of the good things he's done. Remember that he is faithful. So, you know, sometimes when we, when also when we endure these storms, there are times that, you know, maybe our humanity takes, o- like, takes over or we get discouraged and, and we slip up and maybe we even lose a little bit of our faith. But in 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he could not deny himself. So regardless of if we mess up, God's always going to be there for us. All we have to do is call in the name of Jesus, and he'll come and rescue and restore what was lost. It's by God's faithfulness to us that we live out our lives with faith the way he intends us to. Or in other words, God is faithful so that we can live faithful. And that's all, that's all I got for you this morning. Um, but I'm, now I'm about to, to close in prayer. But if you're, if you're sitting here this morning 
and you're looking to take your faith to the next level, or maybe you're seeking to have your faith restored in God or a situation you've been dealing with, or maybe, maybe you've just decided to actually accept a relationship with Jesus. Either way, we, we love to open up the sanctuary for you and, and have our pastors and our leaders and myself to, to pray for you in this time. So if we could actually just uh, play the house music, and I'll just, I'll just end in prayer. Okay, <laughs> Lord, I just uh, I just thank you for the for the fact that you're so faithful to us, Lord. Lord God, I I pray that as we continue to pursue you, that you're able to just grow our faith and we're able to grow in relationship with you, Lord. I pray that um, as we continue on, that we're we're able to put our faith on display for others to see, Lord. Yeah, Lord, just may, Lord continue to renew our faith and continue to continue to refine us lord for we know that you can you can do that and lord yeah i just pray that uh your faithfulness reigns that your glory reigns in jesus name amen thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from impact church we hope and trust that this message encouraged you if you want to find out more information about our church check us out online at www.impactkingston.com